Yo, welcome to the Renewing the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Sanchez. Joined with me, as always, my dad, Dr. Raul Sanchez. How you doing, dad? I'm feeling amazing. Like back in the day at NDSU when we had a saying, those who stay will play. Those who play will be champions. Once a champion, always a champion. There she is right there, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo. And there's the ring kiss. Uh, we have, obviously, as you can see, a special guest with us. My little not as cool or good looking brother, Terrence. Terrence, you want to say anything to the people? Um, other than that, I'm the only other champion in the family. Oh, 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 oh. whoa. No one cares about track. So on this podcast, we teach you how to renew your perspective, move towards uncertainty, and find what's awesome about that in every situation. And never forget it. There's two times to be great when you feel like it and when you don't. So tonight has been a technical difficulty nightmare. My internet went out. I couldn't get my things sunk up. Eliza came down at 8.57. These guys' camera's not working. So we know anytime that happens, usually we got a great podcast in store for you. Means the enemies may be trying to knock us off or get us out of our path. So yeah, I was going to have you straighten your camera up a little bit and then you can even slide the mic a little bit closer to you guys. There we go. Okay. So um, yeah, yeah, maybe put it a little closer, but like straighten it out a little bit if you can. If not, it's no big deal. How about like that? Yeah, slide it center a little bit. There we go. Okay. Oh, now we're working. (laughs) Oh. uh, All right. So today we're talking about choose your hard. And uh, I was trying to find this clip, um, but I couldn't find it, the exact one I saw. But basically the idea in this concept is life is hard. You choose which hard you want to do. So if it's working out, working out's hard, but being overweight is just as hard. Um, you can fight for your marriage and work hard at your marriage, or divorce is hard as well and walking through that. So it's that concept between studying is hard, but failing and dropping out of college is also hard. And so that's kind of the concept today. And what we're talking about is we're pulling Terrence in, someone who graduated from college and done college ministry and all that stuff and so obviously we're on this podcast uh one of the main things if you've been watching for any sort of time is that you know we kind of preface it all this with our relationship with jesus and that is kind of the the center that is kind of the foundation that's kind of the launching point from a lot of the stuff we talk about and so i'll just kind of say that that a lot of the stuff we come from and where Terrence is going to be coming from tonight and where we kind of bounce off each other is knowing that at the core of everything we do, Jesus has to be the center of your life. Um, and so that's kind of all I'll say, and I'll turn it over to you too. And then I'll obviously cut you off if you're going too long or chime in when I need to. So Terrence, yeah. dad, take us away. All right. So we're going to be talking about like uh, Terrence's story at Iowa state and uh, just give you a quick, a quick idea. Um, all our three kids went to college, Tyler, Terrence, uh, and Tavian, and their first semester of each year, three different universities, Evangel University, Iowa State, and now Creighton University, the first semester is very, very difficult. Uh, if you don't get into a group, if you don't kind of flow with the, the crowd, 
if you stand out at all as an individual, it's very difficult because the flow and the crowd, the horde, the thundering herd, if you will, all goes one direction. And if you're not doing that direction, if you're not going that flow, you do feel left out and it gets pretty lonely. And uh, Terrence's experience at Iowa State was very hard for us. We talked to him on a Friday night and he was alone. And uh, there are some difficult situations that we had to walk him through. And uh, so this is Terrence's. We invited him in and this is Terrence's idea. This is where he wants to go. So he's going to jump in, kind of give some stats and jump in. He's got three points. And then we're going to bounce off those three points. So let's go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with a little backstory, I guess. Uh, in high school, I, my, my plan was to go to Evangel where Tyler went um, as a Christian university. Um, I had this fear in the back of my mind of going to secular college for different reasons. I didn't like math, so I didn't want to study engineering or anything like that. I wanted to be a psychologist like my dad. Um, long story short, God kind of interrupted that and called me out of that and said, Terrence, you're running from what you're fearing and I'm calling you to Iowa State University and to be in engineering. Um, and that's kind of where I landed. Um, our first uh, point is to um, go over some statistics we have. Um, so our first one is regarding uh, Christians in going into college and leaving college. Uh, so Barna Research did some studies a few years ago, and they basically came up with um, that 70% of college freshmen who, who claim to follow Jesus um, uh, end up not following Jesus by the end of their college career meaning they'll go into college as Christians, and when they leave, they no longer profess the name of Jesus. Um, and then it even goes on to, to expand on that, saying that uh, 80% will even uh, be at that place at, by age 29. Um, that so, was, so they leave high school, a Christian, and by the time they graduate, 70% of them are no longer professing to be a Jesus follower. Mm -hmm. And 80% of them will not be a Jesus follower by age 29. Yeah, that's a that's a... a uh, tough stat to hear. Yes. That's not just a, a little bit or a slight percentage. That's a high majority. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first point is this, think about how much just as dads, Ty, you're a dad, I'm a dad, you're watching. If you're watching your mom, your dad, your grandpa, we spend a ton of time putting kids into, you know, Sunday school, Christian education, you know, sending them to church camps, doing all these things. And at 18, we cut them loose. And we put them in big universities with thousands of people who just literally conform. Like whatever the fad is, I'm in. Whatever, every, whatever direction the crowd's going, I'm going. I'm in. Uh, hey, do this. I've never done it before. Hey, have fun. Tie one on. Have fun. Let it go. Like be loose. Like it's college. What happens is people leave college then and they don't know how to come back. So when I was at North Dakota State, um, I had a small section of time, like when I turned 21, we go, went to this thing called the ground round. It'd be like, uh, Applebee's today. You could go to the bar and sit right there. It's a whole restaurant. You can sit at the restaurant and still watch TV and eat. They had like an all you can eat taco bar. Like, I mean, I can't turn on tacos, but like we just sit there and watch Monday night football. And then, uh, I had a couple like, uh, non-alcoholic, uh, margaritas and then I was like, dude, I'm 21, I'm 22. Like, you know, I mean, who said, I mean, so I'd have one or two. But it was this idea of driving home thinking like, how can I go then give us talk to youth about dare and alcohol free and stuff like this? You know, I was never drunk. I wasn't doing it to get buzzed. It was just something I thought, okay, I can, I can probably do it. I'm 21, you know, but the, the, the cognitive dissonance for me, the thing that kept crashing in my mind was I can't stand up and give these talks to youth groups. Cause I was speaking, I didn't feel right saying, Hey, 
dare to be different. And then I'm conforming. So right away I had to clash that thing. So I let that go. I started speaking and talking and didn't drink. And then I got to North Dakota state, started doing some ministries for uh, high school students. And I met a couple of North Dakota state players who were Christians who didn't know how to walk that line. And so they came up to me behind the scenes. I'm not going to say any names, but these guys are in youth ministry now. A couple of them are youth ministers. They're maybe uh, parents uh, and helping youth ministry. And they come up to me privately and each of them differently, different times, different conferences. A lot of it was like acquire the fire, old school stuff. Okay. And um, they'd come up to me and just say, man, I wish I had the strength like you to stand for Christ and take that hard way. Okay. And right away I told him, I was like, dude, I wasn't alone. Okay. First of all, I'm married. I had my wife. The second thing is I had three mentors. And every time I start feeling like I'm alone and uh, I know I don't have it together. Like I really just called on, leaned on one of them. And some of those guys then, you know, after college do turn back. And so those guys would be in that 30% fold, right? Those guys would be in the 30% where they maybe fell out in college and kind of maybe lost their way, but they still hold on to both coming out of college. They still now are serving the Lord. So I'm just helping you understand like this isn't just Terrence's life, Terrence's experience. Um, but I want him to walk through his personal experience, just knowing three for three, all my kids had a little bit of this problem where they felt lonely, isolated. I was the other ones that's four for four. So I know this is a huge issue for all of us. So go ahead. Let's go through your, your next, next stat. Um, yeah, well, actually, I want to cover my first point first. Okay, good. Um, so the first point we're coming from is uh, the importance to uh, get involved and then invest in a Christian fellowship on campus. Um, there are plenty of great ones. Just find the one, find the one that is Bible believing, uh, and that will push you to uh, become a disciple and then uh, make disciples of others as well. Um, this will help you, kind of, you know, like like my dad said, it'll help you separate yourself from the secular life on university. Um, when you're on a secular college or even a Christian university, um, you're going to experience a large, large majority, 90% plus of people and students that know nothing of God. Uh, they act and do nothing in the ways of the Lord. Um, and every, all those things do is pull you from where God is leading you and wanting you to be in your life. Um, and, and joining a Christian community, first and foremost, will get you out of the secular life and into a great Christian community. Um there's a stat by the BBC, and it basically says that um, they did a study over in the UK, and I think they even did some studies in the US too, and they both resounded this this outcome, which is that one in four uh, college students profess to be lonely most or all of the time. Um, and that's compared to the rest of adulthood. The rest of adulthood is one in 20. Uh, so college students have uh, four times the chance to be lonely. Um, that's kind of a tough a tough concept to understand because I mean, when you're in college, you're surrounded by people. There's people everywhere. I mean, I went to a university where there were almost 30,000 students on campus. Uh, in my dorm specifically, there were 2,500. Um, and so the question is, how can you be surrounded by that many people, but still be lonely? Um, and the reality is that when you're a part of the secular world, people may know your name. They may know what you study they may know your your hobbies or interests uh but the question comes down to do they really know you um and the, re and the reality is that most students will say that they don't feel like they're known by anyone they you know their deepest darkest inner beings you know their what they struggle with their anxieties their worries no one really knows that because it's all superficial they go out and they party or they go out and they do their thing 
Um, and there's no real, you know, one-on-one -on -one human interaction community uh, that is found in Christian community. Um, and that's why it's so important. Uh, it, it pulls you out of that loneliness of I'm alone here surrounded by people, but it's I'm side by side with people that are pushing for the same thing that I am and that are both serving the same purpose. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, just college in general is a lonely time because you've left your support system. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your college buddies that you've been with for the last four years or three years or two years. You also got your friends, you know, outside of school and sports, you got your family. Um, so just that alone, you know, that's a good piece of advice. Take away any sort of spiritual aspect of it, getting into any community. That's why fraternities are such a huge draw and pull for so many non-believers and believers is because immediately you're connected with and forced to find and, and make and make those relationships. Yeah. And so, you know, <clears throat> when you're stepping into a Christian, uh, uh, as a Christian stepping into a non-Christian world, that's even more crucial to try to lock arms with someone that is like-minded and hopefully have the same values and same morals and same do's and don'ts. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just think for a minute too, Ty, like uh, not to, not to switch gears, but just, just to touch on it. Um, who's the guy, um, the graphic designer who went in college said, uh, who called you out and said, bro, you're a Christian. No way. Uh, Greg Nelson. Greg, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's a funny thing too, is like, like Terrence just said, people know you, right? But they don't know that deep inner being of you. And the reason is in order to conform, you have to die to yourself a little bit. You have to like, let go of you and you have to just run with the crowd. Right. So like if, you know, NDSU fans, we all got to put on NDSU hats, even though you might not want to, even though you don't like it. So when we talk about don't conform and then go your own way, yes, there is some conformity in that smaller group, but at least it's you choosing that conformity, like, like going to church, right? You, you ha we all have a Bible. You're conforming to read the Bible. So there is some conformity there, but I want you just to see what Terrence said. That's a good point is Greg knew you, but he really didn't know you. And then you're, I don't know how that conversation went, but he's like, wait, bro, what? You're a Christian? No way. Yeah, we just, you know, the two points. Number one, part of it is conforming to the mass around you. And right. then the other part is just the societal norm of going to college means while and out. Like that's yeah. just a standard. It, you don't have to try to fit in. Like that's across the board, a unanimous thing that at college, it's where you try new things. It's where you do everything your parents wouldn't let you do in high school and you have the immediate freedom to do whatever you want. So it's like, I wasn't trying to fit in. I was trying to just do what I wanted to do and you didn't let me. Yeah. Right. So it's like that. So that's what I did at Morningside. And then I decided to go to Evangel. And so I told them on a Saturday morning after we drank Friday night, I said, Hey man, I'm going to a Christian school. He's like, why would you do that? I was like, well, because I'm a Christian. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, you're not a Christian. Yeah. Like, no, I, I definitely am a Christian. So yeah, yeah, correct. All right, go to the next one, Terrence. Yeah. Right. Um, the next one is the the need to depend on the Lord. I, I think it's something that is applied across all of life, but specifically in college, I feel like we, um, when you go to college, the the biggest thing on on your mind is is school and your degree and your grades and. Um, a lot of times that can feel like, okay, that's on me. I have to study hard. I have to work hard. And you do. Um, but something happens when you decide to devote yourself to a Christian community and invest your time in that. And it's that uh, the time you have for studies becomes less and less. Um, and I know too many students that, that were on the line between really going into community and diving in 
And then, oh, well, I need to study and work hard, so I can't do that. Uh, and the reality is that God wants us to do both, and he wants us to do both well. And how we do that is depending on the Lord. Um, like I kind of explain it with a story as well. Um, my junior year, I was uh, leading a small group, and I was uh, another places of leadership in a Christian community I was involved with as well. So I think it was probably like 20 hours a week that I was investing in, in community. Um, and I was studying engineering, so I was having dealing with hard classes and things like that. Um, and this is just one of, you know, 20 instances in my life where God provided in my, in my undergrad, but I was, um, in a class called controls and motors. I was learning, um, electrical things that do with mechanical things. Um, all that kind of, that kind of thing, a lot of math. Um, at the end of the semester I had in like 88.6, I think it was. And the professor kind of came on stage and he said, um, I know all of you are going to come to me and ask for points back. Or you're going to ask if you're on the line of an A to be moved up, you know, like an 89.8 or something, 89.99, uh, to go up to a 90. And I knew I was way off that. I was over 1% below an A, a 90%. Uh, but I felt like the Lord was really challenging me to go and advocate for myself and to ask for an A, uh, which was very bold and that was very challenging for me to do. So I prayed over it for a few days. I felt like I needed to do that. So I went and talked to him and he, he kind of laughed and he said, um, you know, did you hear what I said in class kind of thing? Like I said, if you're close, you know, we're close, that kind of thing. And he said, I'll think about it, whatever. And that's so why I left. Um, so I prayed and over the next few days, um, I just kept praying and believing that the Lord is going to provide. He spoke and told me he would, so he would. Um, this, this, this A was like the break point for my GPA. I wanted to be over a certain point and this is the point I needed. Um, and then on the last day grades needed to be put in, I was driving home to Sioux City. Uh, and I remember getting an email from him saying, hey, I need you to send me a screenshot of all of your quizzes and all of your uh, assignments. And so I sent them all of them and I sat there and watched my, I pulled over on the side of the road, but I watched uh, in my <laughs> grade book as all of my tests, I mean, all of my assignments and all my quizzes went from whatever grade I had to 100% until my my grade went up to 90.1. Um, well, that's whack. That never happened with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um that's dumb yeah that happened a lot of times and and, I, and it a was lot? a Bro, lot i was trying to go from a d to a c they said no <laughs> <laughs> um i i had made an agreement with the lord and that was that i was going to devote myself to uh this community and to discipleship even though i was studying engineering um we kind of had this agreement that you know i was going to obviously work hard and try in my classes but at the same time I knew that there was going to be a lack there because I was devoting you know, 20 hours a week to community. And so he, when his deal was that he would pull me through when I needed to be pulled through. Um, and the reality is that that drew me closer to the Lord. So in the seasons of difficulty or loneliness, I had intimacy with the Lord because I was depending on him. And so if we as students can realize that um, I should be in a place of dependency on God, it will keep us better in a place of intimacy with him as well. Yeah. So what's great, what's super crazy about that is like, we talk all the time about favor, right? Favor of God, like unmerited, just grace, just unmerited, mm -hmm. like reward. You don't deserve it. God just gives it to you. It's kind of like dad's in a good mood. So he just gives you, you know, his card and says, Hey, Shields has black Friday like that. My dad That's ain't never been in that good a mood on what <laughs> Appreciate ammo. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing. So there's the favor of God, right? The Bible says this, that the Lord will 
um, cover us as favor as like a shield. So favor is that unmerited gift, but that favor also covers you as like a shield. Okay. And then the other thing is like, when you have that kind of favor, there's a thing called the shield of obedience, which is when you're walking in a direct obedience with God, you're covered by that shield as well. So what Terrence is saying, we had an agreement, like he was shielded. I'm going to do, it's almost like that when then, Hey, if you take out the garbage, then I'll give you allowance. If you lead this group of men, I'll see to it that your grades are okay. Now, obviously you can't go from a C to an A, but you can go from a high B plus to an A, you know? So that's, that's, I mean, obviously the Lord could move you from a C to an A if he wanted to, obviously, but in this situation, that's the shield of favor, right? And that's the shield of obedience. So walk in obedience with God and amazing things happen. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Today in, uh, in my sixth grade class, we were talking about how people misinterpret scripture and sometimes they take specific promises for individuals and make that like a biblical principle. And so I told them like, don't take a staff and go down to Brown's Lake and try to split Brown's Lake like Moses did. Cause that's not a, a promise and a principle that's for all eternity. That was specific, specific for one person. And so when you're hearing this from, from Terrence students, you know, you shouldn't just go to your teachers because Terrence's went from a B plus to an A. That's not the principle. You got to pull the principle out. The principle, the principle is that Terrence heard from God, a specific thing to do. And he walked that out in faith. And so that's the key point that you need to be walking in stride and in obedience to God. And when he says to do something, you do that with faith and with favor that hopefully God has to see that through. But that's the principle in the, in that story is Terrence heard from God. So he's spending time with God. And then now he heard from God. Now he has the obedience to act and, and to, to go with action upon what he heard. Yeah. All right, Terrence, bring us uh, the next one. Last one. Um, yeah. The, the last one is that we are called to live on mission. Um, you know, going back to our first two points, you know, Matthew 18, three says that we're Jesus basically is when he pulls the child aside and he says that, um, you must be like this child. Um, and he isn't meaning that we're to be childish in our actions or our thoughts, but to walk in humility and dependency upon the Lord. Um, and so, you know, like we said, like the, the favor and the promise of God, isn't just something that you just get. It's, you know, you're not going to go out and party and then be like, okay, God, I partied all weekend. I need to provide for my grades. But it's right. it's when you walk in obedience where God has called you and led you into, He will take care of the, all of those the, all of the things in your life that are being replaced by your devotion to the Lord and what He's called you into. Um, and so, you know, the Great Commission in the end of Matthew twenty eight says, "Go into all the nations and preach the gospel to all the ends of the earth." And that's not just for missionaries. That's not just for pastors. Um, that is something that is for all people. And I think a lot of times, you know, students can go into the four years of college and say, okay, well, I have to get my degree and then the rest of my life will start. Um, and the reality is that the, the four years you're in college are arguably some of the most, you know, pivotal years of your life. It is where the building block and the foundation of what you're going to be and who you're going to be for the rest of your life is built upon. I mean, Tyler is your testimony of this. Um, the decisions you made in, in your four years are what drove the trajectory of your life. And so... The idea that we're going to wait until we're graduated to, to live on mission is, is not correct. You know, we're called to live as missionaries to everyone we encounter in our life, specifically in college, especially in college. I mean, when you think about the statistics around being at a secular university, I mean, over 90 percent 
have no recollection of God or who he is or his, his ways of Jesus in any way. Um, I mean, at Iowa State University alone, there's over 100 nations represented. So you have this abundance of non-believers surrounded by you, and you are planted like a light in a place to be used. Um, you know, the word says to let your light shine before men so they will see your good deeds and be praised in heaven. And so, so he'd be praised in heaven. And so this idea that I'm here to get a degree is correct, but that's not the reason why you're just there. You know, God has a plan and a mission for you. And he has those that are around you that he wants you to encounter and to reach um, and to make an impact beyond just your degree. Um, this will make an impact in the kingdom and it'll also keep you walking in step with the Lord. As he has you on mission, it'll keep you um, safe from the temptations of partying and being you know, involved in all the secular things that, that the college has to throw you away. Um, it'll keep you shielded by that because you're walking in what the Lord has for you and you're living on mission. Um, there was one semester where I, I was leading a small group and I felt like uh, God had called me to go back to where I came from. And so my dad talked about my, my loneliness, my first uh, few, my first two semesters of university. Um, basically I had a girlfriend for most of the, my first year. And so I didn't really choose to invest in community. Like I said, you should at the beginning of this podcast. And so when that relationship fell through, I didn't have a net. I basically fell to the ground. Um, and so I was lonely and I was hurting and, um, I didn't really have any friends. I had a couple of friends, but they were really busy. So I didn't really see them much. And so, so much so that every day for dinner, I would go eat at like 4:30 PM when the dining center would open, when no one else was there, just so I could sit in a booth and, you know, be alone and not look awkward. Um, and so I felt like he had called me back to that. And so I had brought my smoke guys and we would go on certain days to the dining center at 4:30, and we would just find someone that was sitting there alone. Like I used to. And we would, you know, be called to go uh, sit with them and talk with them, introduce ourselves, give them company, invite them into what we were doing on university and in our group. And there was one instance where um, there was a foreign exchange student um, sitting alone at a table, and I brought uh, one of my buddies with me, and we went and sat down and talked with him and had lunch with or dinner with him. And um, you know, about, after about five minutes, he finally looked at us and uh, he just he just said, "Why are you doing this?" And we were like, "What do you mean?" He said, no one has ever taken the time to come out of the way to sit and just talk with me and be with me. He basically, I come here alone every, every, you know, every day and I sit here and eat alone and you're the only people that have ever introduced themselves to me and talked to me. Um, and so it was like right then and there that this was the prime example to share the gospel with someone who's never even heard it, to bring him into the community uh, and to give life into what he was walking in. Um, and there's more to that story, but it's pretty long, so we won't get into that. But it's just the idea that you're surrounded by people who need Jesus, especially at uni a university where one in four people are lonely most or all the time. Um, and in response to doing that, it actually keeps you yourself on mission as well uh, and not distracted by the things of this world. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So uh, at North Dakota State, so like my mission was, Campus Crusade for Christ. It was ran by a, a you know a man named Bill Bright and a great organization. We want we walked around campus um, with with little you know ABC packs like how to you know how to walk people through to get saved so that they could be introduced to Jesus Christ and then invite them to some of our small groups. And then I spoke at Athletes in Action, which was like camp, uh, which was like Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's called AIA. Um, and then um, you know I spoke at Dare. So there's a lot of ways you can do mission, right? So Terrence just talked about some of his mission, leading young men 
and get building the community of you know Christians who get together, and then small small group of men walking on campus and walking in alleys and you know praying with drunk people and doing a bunch of mission work for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, you had some mission work with your mentor. You guys would go to a community center and also drive around a car with groceries, asking the Lord who you're going to bless with groceries. Yeah, more, more they're they're doing the missions to me because I, I was the lost soul. But yeah, towards the end of my my college <laughs> days, we did a little bit of praying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, all walks. All walks. Uh, yeah, a couple points I just jotted down. You know, one of the things I noticed when because there's still people that don't want to follow Jesus at a, a Christian school, and so I fell into that category. Um, <clears throat> but when I started meeting some of the friends that were like minded and wanted to you know, put me on the right path. And so I could follow them. We, the, one of the biggest things I realized was positive peer pressure. You know, so many times we talk about peer pressure in the wrong way and that conforming and you kind of hit it on it dad at the beginning, but there are so many nights where I wanted to do something we shouldn't do. And there's positive peer pressure to say like, Hey man, this is not what you want to do. Like, Hey, I know you want to do, I mean, to the point where sometimes they would like, you know, hold me down in the room or, you know, take, try to steal my keys or something stupid or take my phone and not give it back to me. And as annoying as some of those nights were when I wanted to do something stupid, you know, that positive peer pressure kept me from doing that. So we always talked to that. It was the joke around my friends was like, as long as we're not all week at the same night, we can help each other out. So on these three, let's say this Friday night, it's me. I'm like, yo, I want to go out and drink. You two are like, no, stop being stupid. Next Friday night, it's dad. Me and Terrence are like, no, don't be stupid. You know, next Tuesday, it's Terrence. Me and dad are like, no, don't be stupid. And as long as we all didn't have the same weakness on the same night, we are all good to kind of help each other out. I think that's so crucial for anything in in life, you know, is to have someone, whether you're in high school, college, whether you're married or in um, got your spouse. Hopefully that's who she is or he is to you. But I think that's uh, one of the biggest pieces to me about even on a Christian campus, especially on a non-Christian campus or secular campus is, you know, you gotta got some, you gotta have some people that will tell you, you know, don't do that. And here's what you need to do. You know, Garrett was one of the, my biggest friends that would force church on me on a Sunday morning, you know, we're getting up no we're not and he just bang on my door until i woke up like to the point where i hated him at some some sundays um chase did the same thing so it's like that that pushed me in the right direction and so we all got to have people that will do some of those things um because back to the title of the show it's hard to get up in the morning and go to church uh it's harder i think to live a life away from jesus and so what are you what 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 choice are you making Mm -hmm. for your heart yeah, it's it's hard to wake up with a hangover and study. It's hard to wake up and go with people to knock on doors and ask them if they want to come to your men's group, you know, or if they want to be introduced to Jesus Christ. You know, it's hard saying no to your boys on a Monday night because it's one ninety nine for all the tacos you can eat because this is like nineteen ninety two or something. You guys rode your horses there too. <laughs> just the the coach you know horse yeah. and carriage yeah and but you know, here's the thing i was like the monday night football game having fun with the guys like that you know i'm a man's man it's funny how terrence says the lord brought me back you know because that's a cool story too by the way terrence could talk about that at some point but um when he got you know turned around to go back from Brian Brian to um life point so um you know i'm sitting at home for a while watching monday night football by myself because i'm like i'm not going to go back in that situation where 
there's no peer pressure on me at all. I just was like, bro, I'm 22. Like I can do this now, you know? And so what I started doing is I had people come over 30 minutes before, you know, Monday night football kickoff, maybe an hour. And I made my homemade tacos and hot sauce. And then we had, you know, bought some Cokes. Uh, maybe it was generic cola. I don't remember. You know, 100% it wasn't Coke. We didn't get Coke till 2004. <laughs> uh, I don't think Hillbilly Holler was made then. So I'll probably just generic cola. But, you know, we had, you know, tacos and hot sauce. And the thing chips. is called Cola Cola. I made nachos. And then, you know, what we do is just put the, the lime from your tacos, just put that in your Coke. It just kind of felt like you're doing something, you know. And then uh, to this day, some of these successful businessmen now, you know, great families and stuff. To this they, day. They, they, to this day, yeah, they'll be like, dude, you remember you brought us over to that little bitty pad you had and make some tacos? <laughs> With your wife and kid at 19 years old? <laughs> yeah, we all cram in literally like this efficiency. And, you know, like big dude, man, 300 pounds, they can barely get through the door. It's like, yeah, but they go small. I mean, but all these stories, you didn't do it. You can't do it alone. Like Terrence didn't circle back and go to the cafeteria by himself. Correct. You gotta, you gotta have people with you. That's, that's, that's across the board. We were created as hum humans to be in unity and to be in relationship. Right, Man right. should not be alone. Like that's Satan. All he wants to do is to separate us and to say, you are the only one going through what you're going through. Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, they walked away in shame and hid. That's right. what, that's what, that's what Satan's number one job is, is to get you isolated. And so that's at a 52 year old man. That's a 68 year old woman. That's that, that's unanimous across yeah. the board that we have to be in community, take away college. That's right now. You have to be in a life group. You have to be in a church gathering. You got to be somewhere where people are like-minded with you. That will say, Hey, no, I've been there before, or I know someone or talk to this, or you got this. We can do this together. Like that is the story of following Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Sitting in your dorm room and having a, cra a mental crash. That's hard. Because who are you going to turn to? Who who can experience the experience you're having? Like who do you go to? How do you how do you share that vulnerability? Right. Also, going to a lunchroom by yourself is hard. Going with a group of people to sit down with somebody you don't know and saying hi, we just want to friend you. That's hard. Like how do you know that dude's not going to stand up and throw his soup in your face? Like you know, I've had doors slammed on me all the time. Like get out of here, you Christian freak! And boom, slam a door on me. Like you don't think I still got old school cook parking me? I'm like, bro, Lord, you better. You better tell me to do something now or I'm going to keep knocking on this door. So I like how you brought the old school sweatshirt back. That thing looks like it's from the, what, is that the 60s? There's a purpose to life, bro. Look at that. That's how it started. <laughs> That's how it started. Y'all came from that seed right there. But I'm just telling you, like, it's hard. It's, it's all hard. There's no doubt about it. It's all hard. But the idea is don't think for a moment you don't have a choice. You choose to get wasted. That was a choice. It's hard. You choose to say no to those guys and stay home alone a couple nights. That's hard, but you made that choice. But here's the cool thing. Just like we talk about all the time, one day at a time, then you stack your days, you stack your days, you stack your days. Before you know it, you have 145 days in doing something and it doesn't feel as hard. Is it hard? Definitely hard. But it doesn't feel as hard because now you got this momentum. Next thing you know, you see somebody and you got community now. And the next thing you know, you guys are kind of making some, mm -hmm. some roads in together and you're making some decisions together so it seems like it's not as hard but it's all hard okay give yourself credit you're doing hard work congratulations but now here's the question i want you to ask is it worth the reward is it worth the reward i chose hard whichever way you chose the day you wake up as you keep moving is it worth the reward right and i and i'll tell you these guys can tell you it's a hundred percent worth the reward to stay with the lord 
because small little blessings happen, small little faith-based messages happen. You know, Terrence's story, he was running from the church. He was running from that group because he didn't have community. Him and his girlfriend didn't work out. So now he's trying a new church that, you know, that we are familiar with too. And um, Tyler told him, hey, it's a great church. They have great meetings there. Terrence, I don't know, got woken up in a dream or something. The Lord told him, hey, get there because there's a lady you're going to meet. Yeah, I can, I can go ahead and finish the story. Um, yeah. So like I said, my freshman year, you know, I was pretty lonely. Um, and, uh, the church I had been going to in Ames, they went through uh, a transition in pastors. And so it was kind of a limbo period. And so I, I was like, I have no place to go home. I'm alone. I'm having very many friends. I was, you know, obviously thrown with the temptation of going and partying and finding community there. Um, but there was a church in, in Des Moines called Berean that we had been to in the past. And so I knew that it would at least feel some resemblance of home. And so I was attending there. And um, that was the hard that I chose was to drive, you know, 50 minutes every Sunday down there, just to at least receive something from the Lord in terms of on a Sunday morning and, and try to find community. Um, and so I'd been doing that for a few months. And there was one Saturday night I was praying in my room. And I felt like God told me that there was going to be, um, he didn't say like anything more specific than a girl. He said, a girl is going to sit next to you tomorrow at Berean. And so, you know, this is me. I'm, I'm single now. I'm lonely. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be my wife. Like this is going to be God sending me a girl. He's sending me my wife. I remember and praying so, for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I woke up Sunday morning and I was putting on all, all my best clothes. I was putting on my best clothes. I got there like 25 minutes early and I was sitting in the, in the, the pew and I sat like the exact perfect amount of seats in, you know, and not in the middle, but not you know, at the end, like three receipts in. So the, the girl didn't have to feel uncomfortable sitting next to me, you know? And so I'm sitting there waiting and I'm, you know, asking God, who's going to be, who's going to be. And some person came and sat next to me, sure enough. And I looked to my left and it was like a 75 year old woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I just laughed and I was just like, okay, God, I guess I'm never going to get married. You don't have a girl for me, you know, that kind of thing. I was joking, obviously. Um, but then at the end of the service, uh, this lady turned to me uh, and she kind of got my attention and she said, Hey, I, I felt like God has something for you. Uh, and she said that um, God want me, wants me to tell you that he sees you, um, that he's with you. He's so proud of you uh, and that he's with you. And, and, and basically that, you know, he's been with me through this, this hardship. And so then I went in my car and I started crying and I was just praying. And it was then when God basically said, Terrence, you know, you've been running to Berean now and now I need you to, to go back to LifePoint. Um, I need you to go choose community. And so that's what I did. I you know, obeyed the Lord and I went back and, and that's when I started to go into the first, first point that I mentioned, which was I chose community. I chose to then um, take time out of my week and my, my days to go and pour into community and, and receive from them and invest myself in there and build the good group of guys that I had around me going into my next year of, my, of college, my sophomore year. When she was done giving you that message, did you ask her if she was single? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I was praying like, as soon as was, Lord, in the name of Jesus, baby, Terrence Caesar, he'll know. <laughs> hey, maybe but the Bible says the Lord is not a man that he should lie. He he didn't he didn't say hot girl. He, he just said, hey, there's a girl who's going to meet you there, right? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, to this day, she could have been single. Yeah, praise God. Um, you took my last the the last thing I was going to say, and then we'll kind of get out of here. Um, okay. I was just going to, my last point I jotted down, um, before the show was hard over time gets less hard. <clears throat> and so, Always. 
you know, Always. it's like, man, it's hard. And then it's, it's a little bit less harder and then a little bit less hard and to the point where then now it becomes super easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm trying to t- teach my students that too, because every, every lesson, um, the, for the eighth graders, they have to present at the end of the lesson, their opinions upon whatever that lesson is. And so the first time, and they barely did it. People were heads down second time, a little bit more loose third time, a little bit more. And so I just announced it today that we have to do our presentation next week. And the groans and the oh mans were less this time than the very first time. So I'm telling them like, hey, it's going to get easier, you know, and that's with anything. That's anything we do, especially just applying to this, you know, choosing to follow Jesus. It'll come with its struggles and its trials and its hardships. But I think immediately, the immediate in my life to turn and to stop drinking and stop partying, that was the hardest time of my life. And it's only been easier from there. I still have my hard times and days, but nothing was like that 20, 21, 22 year old times when I was trying to say no to everything. That was some of the hardest years of my life. Yeah, that's correct. Final thoughts. Terrence, what's your final thought? Um, My final thought is, is the urgency to separate yourself from secular university. Um, And I'm not meaning don't go to secular university, university, go there. But the importance is to separate yourself from that community, especially yep. if you struggle or have struggled in the past with it. You can't be near it. You have to go with Christian community and be nowhere near uh, partying, uh, anything, you know, sex, drugs, whatever it is um, that is in the secular portion of the university. You cannot be a part of that. Um, I have one closing stat, and it's that four out of five college students uh, consume alcohol on a regular daily basis. Um or a weekly basis, sorry. And that 50% of them admit to binge drinking regularly. And one out of five, if they went to a doctor, would be diagnosed with alcohol usage usage disorder, uh, basically meaning they're alcoholics. Yeah, um, basically it means they use it on purpose to get the buzz so they mm-hmm. don't have to feel. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just this idea that there is an epidemic in America with alcohol and college students, just as there is with obesity in America as a whole there is an epidemic in alcoholism in the universities in America. Uh, and we have to separate ourselves from that scene when we go to university. Awesome. That's great. I would say this. Okay. So choose your heart. Number one, you get a choice. Never forget you get a choice. And because you get a choice, go back to one of our other podcasts where I always say begin with the end. So like, if I'm going to go out and party, like, where's this going to end? Okay. If I'm going to get up and work out, where's this going to end? Okay. If I'm going to start, you know, reading my Bible, where's it going to end? I want you to focus on the end. So choose your hard and then begin with the end. That's why I want you to focus on this. Love it. Hey, never forget it. Renew, move, and find. On this podcast, we teach you uh, that there's two times to be great, when you feel like it and when you don't. Peace out. Love y'all. See you You later. You already know. You already know. Peace. Feel like they counted out. You need to look in the mirror and tell yourself it's time to be who I am now. Greatness.